Hey, murder lovers, this is Fatina. This is Young. And Kara. And welcome to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast with some very special guests today. <laughs> Let's do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I get to edit. (laughs) (laughs) I have two very excited and special guests with me today doing an episode, and I will let you guys introduce yourselves. Well, hey, murder lovers. I am Kara, and I am Fatina's wife. I've known Fatina for... What, we're almost, we've almost been together for 10 years. Yeah. Mackenzie, her other half of the podcast, is my best friend. I'm Chai Young, and I am Fatina's work wife for the day job. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so true. Um, yeah, we talk on the phone every day since we're working from home now. Yeah. <laughs> and we've known each other, what, five years now? Yeah, five Pretty years. Much. The first time I have officially met you was at your was that bridal shower yeah (laughs) that's true (laughs) i was invited to your bridal shower of someone i didn't know and look at us now look at us now that's where i met china it is is. and here i am can't get rid of me five years later you've both been really great at supporting this whole podcast so i really appreciate you guys so i thought you know to fill in and and do a guest spot who better than you two so thank you no thank you for inviting us very welcome kara's super excited (laughs) kara loves true crime um yeah (laughs) (laughs) so if any of you have someone in your life who doesn't love true crime but yet supports you uh, maybe this will be the episode for them because we'll see what Kara's reactions are to this story and see if they match up with that person in your life who <laughs> doesn't watch ID in the background while they're doing other fun stuff. No, no, no. I watch it. <laughs> I <laughs> I uh, am there for it. Right. You are there. I have seen many a true crime show, documentary movies it's good though their podcast is awesome (laughs) keep listening keep listening murder lovers for life (laughs) (laughs) all right so today we are going with murder chayang asked me if we were doing spooky or murder today and we're definitely doing murder that's a good one too i know this crazy murder story comes to us from London. Oh, is this current? It is pretty current ish. Okay. It, I, I believe it leads up to 2017, 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. So, but it's all closed up. People, I mean, I'm going to get right to the, to the big part of it right off the beginning. So there's kind of no spoilers. Everyone's been through the system and they have had their day in court. So this is closed up. This is truly a crazy one though. It'll actually have you thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> Beginning to end. So, so Sophie is from a small town in France, and she led a very simple life, very sweet girl. At the age of 20, in January of 2016, she thought that the best way to see the world was to be an au pair. 
Now, I had to look it up just because I was curious. I, I know that it translates to being a nanny, but literal translation of an au pair it means on equal terms, which is an arrangement between two parties for a mutual exchange of services. In this case, you know, like I said, it's a nanny. She's exchanging the service of being a nanny and doing stuff around the house for the exchange of room and board. So, but she gets to travel at the same time. Using a service for au pairs, Sophie got matched up with a family in London and this was kind of a dream job for her because she was looking forward to also better her English. So going to London was, it was hitting all of her marks. She was, you know, getting everything that she wanted. The family that she was going to be working for was Sabrina Coudier. I might be saying that wrong. <laughs> I mean, Coudier. And this is in London? Is it C-O-U-T-I-E-R? No, it's K-O-U-D-I-E-R. Oh. Coudier. Different. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. I gotta say it with my pinky up. <laughs> and her then husband or partner, Wasim Maduni, and their two kids. So Wasim is a 40-year-old successful banker. Sabrina is a 35-year-old beautiful woman. She's a stylist and makeup artist. She resembles Kim Kardashian a lot. I don't know if you guys have seen pictures of her, but... She enjoys having that attention from that as well. So she uses that to her benefit. She meets a lot of wealthy people. She does makeup for people that are in entertainment industry. I, you know what? <laughs> All of her pictures are of her face mostly. So um, I don't know about her assets. <laughs> so nonetheless, Sophie was excited to be matched up with a family that had some notoriety that, you know, she in her very sweet mind, probably thought, I'm going to get to meet some of the celebrities that they hang around with and maybe have a little glimpse into their lifestyle. So once Sophie got all settled in, she would call back home and say that she was having a great time. The kids really liked her, which was important for her job. And she regularly posted pictures on videos and social media. So Sophie was captivated by Sabrina's lifestyle and looks. So Sophie made a total transformation while she was living with Sabrina. And she turned from this provincial town girl to a total bombshell. She did her hair. She put makeup on. She normally wore glasses. She had a photo shoot, and I'll show you the pictures later, where they look like glamour shots. You know, they're, they're meant to show off how pretty she dressed up for the day. And those pictures were actually taken by Sabrina. They had a photo shoot together. The, those photos were then posted by Sophie to her Facebook page. I'm going to show you guys what those look like as well. So this is the picture of her before. Just a very small town girl. Super sweet. Always like wears glasses. In the countryside. She does. Mm. It's it, Yeah, it's provincial France. So, and then... So I, I'm this whole time I'm thinking Belle because Beauty and the Beast because it's a provincial town. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so but this is when uh, after she Bonjour. she dolled up Bonjour. and she took these pictures. So she looked really pretty. They you know she did her hair. She normally hadn't she curled it like this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, she looks very put together. You know she very um, modern. Yeah, because she'd moved into London and she was trying to live yeah. a little like. Like Sabrina was. 
So I'm going to cut to the chase here and I'm just going to tell you right off the bat what the hell happened. And then I'm going to try and make sense of everything that did happen. Do you want me? <laughs> okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. All I right. can guess what happened. I mean, you can take a guess at what happens. Um, she has an affair with the dad. The mom kills her and buries her. Okay. Any guesses? Uh, no, I just want to hear it. Okay. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you if you're wrong or right yet. So, all right. So I'm just going to tell you what happened. So on September 20th, 2017, a neighbor of Sabrina and Wasim notices a foul smell. She looks outside and she sees that there's smoke coming from the backyard of their home. She goes and knocks on the door. No one answers. She waits a little bit more. She goes and knocks again. No one answers. So she sees this fire and the smoke for four hours before she's just like, fuck it. You guys aren't going to answer your door. I'm trying to make sure you guys are okay. I'm going to call the police. First of all, you're a horrible neighbor. Four hours. Yeah, that's a long time. But it's not spreading. It's a fire that you can Uh, see. No, she she can see the smoke. I'm sorry. She can't see the fire, but she can see the smoke. But it does smell foul, according to her. And if no one's answering the door, I mean... That's a little odd. Yeah, you don't wait four hours. Anyways, yes. It gets odder. Odder. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, you know, she knows the fire doesn't belong, so she calls the police because it's broad daylight, and the police department comes over. They show up to the house. They go directly to the door to the backyard, so they don't go and knock on the front door. Wasim lets them in. They tell them that a neighbor called in the fire and that they're there to check it out. Very calmly, Wasim tells them that he's having a barbecue and he has it all under control. Mm. He even walks them over to the barbecue and shows them the chicken on the grill. There's pictures of this chicken on the grill. And it's chicken? It's chicken on the grill. As the fire department is talking to him, they look over to a different part of the yard and they see a fire still kind of going. This one is not on a barbecue, just on the ground. One of the fire, not chicken. One of the firefighters walks over to that fire and is looking around and stunned by what he sees. He turns around and asks Wasim, are you burning a body? That's kind of an obvious question. Yeah. (laughs) Like, um... I can't imagine how shocked he was that he's like, what, are you burning a body? Wasim replied, it's a sheep. Do sheep look like people? Reportedly, the firefighter said bollocks. (laughs) (laughs) As the firefighter took an even a closer look, he found fingers and a nose. Oh, gosh. Definitely not sheep. Nope. At that point, the firefighters knew that they had stumbled upon a crime scene and they immediately called in the police. The police came over and arrested Wasim on the spot for murder. That doesn't usually happen. Usually they're like, they're going to take you in, da 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 but there's a fucking body right there burning. Having a barbecue. (sighs) And there is is pictures of the actual barbecue, and I'll show you guys later. Mm. He was having a barbecue to try and cover up the smell or to like have a cover story. Hmm. of why this fire is going or why people are seeing smoke or whatnot. So whose body is this? It's the wife. At this point, the police don't know who it is. Uh, They take him in for questioning, and he's not talking. 
The police try a different approach and they bring in Sabrina for questioning. So, no, not the wife. She's still alive. alive. Was she even Take home? In. Like, So, she seems completely stunned, pleads ignorance. She said that she has no idea what's been going on in her own house. She said that she had left the house a couple hours earlier and everything was normal. She had taken the kids to the park that morning and that's where she was this whole time. So three, four hours at the very least that this fire was burning. She says she's not home. When they ask her where her au pair is, she told the police that she had no clue. She imagined that she would be back home in France because she had resigned from that position two days ago. Mm, While, uh, yeah. While they're investigating and collecting the crime scene and the police discover some even more gruesome items in the fire. They discover a pair of glasses, a bracelet, and remnants of some clothes. The police take those items. At least, we know that at least they took the glasses and they showed them to people in the neighborhood. And you saw the picture. They're very distinct. They're kind of squared looking. The neighbors tell the police right away that those, they believe those glasses are the same shape and kind that the au pair had been seen wearing, and same thing with the bracelet. So those, they identified those items right off the bat. Poor Bill. This is when the police put together that Sabrina is lying to them about Sophie's resignation, so they put Sabrina in custody as well. The London police went ahead and notified Sophie's parents that very same night at three o'clock in the morning and i mean i can't imagine waking up to something like that no i mean no time's gonna be a good time like well she wasn't reported but missing three, so they would have no idea no idea they proceeded with the autopsy where they found traces of how horrific her last few weeks was at that house she had a fractured jaw Fractured legs, fractured sternum. Oh, that takes a lot. A yeah. lot. And four fractured ribs. See, that's how you know I watch this stuff. I know it takes a lot to break a sternum. That does. Okay? But only five pounds for a collarbone. Fifteen oh, pounds 15. for a collarbone. Okay. Oh, you Come on. So they, the police continue interrogating Sabrina because although she might not be telling them the truth, She's at least talking. Wasim is still holding tight and he's not even talking to them. And we all know that talkers seem to always sink their own ships. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Just shut your mouths. That's true. Like, and if I murder somebody, well, first of all, I'd never get caught. <laughs> but second of all, if I got caught, I'd shut my damn mouth. Yep. Yeah. And police stations are always recording. And call my attorney. Always. These are things you should always know. Yes. <laughs> Keys don't to life. say anything. <laughs> How to get away with murder. Just kidding. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> it's <idea>. bad. <laughs> Sabrina continues saying that she knows nothing about Sophie's murder. That she thought she had resigned two days prior to this. So this must be Wasim acting all alone but that she doesn't know why he would have done something like that either. So she's completely, at this point, blaming everything on him. She's saying that she doesn't know where Sophie is. This is him acting completely by himself. As they're asking her for bits of background about maybe the relationship 
between her and Sophie while she was there at the house, Sabrina begins to paint a very bad picture of Sophie. She said that Sophie was lazy and that she never did anything around the house like she was supposed to be doing and that she didn't take good care of the kids and so on. One of her direct quotes is, most of the time she was on the phone, sitting on the couch. She was waiting for us to serve her. It's as if we were working for her and not her for us. So killer. She said that Sophie was enjoying her time in London a little bit too much, that she had made some friends and they would go out drinking a lot, and she thought that Sophie might have been stealing her jewelry. She's a liar. Yeah. And the accusations don't stop there. Sabrina's ex, Mark Walton, was implicated as well. He is the father of both of the children. And she said that she caught Sophie with her ex in hotel rooms together and that they were having a full-blown relationship. Sabrina went on to accuse Sophie of something disgusting. She said that she suspected Sophie of taking the youngest child, who was four years old at the time, over to her ex's house without permission for Sophie and her ex to perform sexual acts on that oh, child. Oh, wow. Oh, goodness. Okay. Yeah. Sabrina said that at the time of Sophie's death, she was upstairs sleeping. So this is when she starts talking. That Wasim found out about Sophie taking the young child over to his father's house and struck her as a result, but that she accidentally fell backwards and struck her head. And then when he realized that she wasn't alive anymore, he went upstairs and let Sabrina know about the accident that just happened. Because supposedly at this point, it was a heat of the moment. He just found out his stepchild is being, quote unquote, sexually abused. And they decided together that they didn't want to put their family through more trauma. So they opted to burn her body the next day. Oh, yeah, that's less traumatic. Wasim confirms the story. He said, yeah, I struck her head. She accidentally fell backwards and she hit her head. When I checked her, she wasn't breathing anymore. So then that's when we decided to do this fire. I'm thinking, if this is their story, why didn't they just call it in? Right. It was an accident. It's an accident. She had just confessed such and such thing to me. To an egregious crime. then... You know, I pushed her, I hit her, whatever. She hit her head. Did the autopsy show anything? Well, it showed all those fractures she had. Well, in the front, but did the show anything on the back of the head? Uh Uh-uh. Interesting. Mm. So, Sabrina then turns over to the police a handwritten letter by Sophie. That is a confession of all the things that Sabrina had said to the police she suspected her of. The confessional letters from... Sophie. It was handwritten by Sophie. It was authenticated by handwriting experts that it was Sophie's handwriting. Said, I guess, loosely quoting, because I'm sure this is not the whole letter, but Mark Walton asked me to come and see him. He started to touch my breast and he kissed me on the neck. Mark offered me some money and he asked me to come back with Sabrina's youngest child. Yeah, but also they broke tons of bones in her body, so it sounds like they tortured her to do that. Yeah. 
I mean, this makes you think, was Sophie actually doing what Sabrina was accusing her of? Was she having an affair with Sabrina's ex-husband? And was she actually taking the kid over, right? And at this point, you start thinking, at least I started thinking, was Wasim justified in that heat of the moment, how they're alleging, to strike her? I mean, or to like, or to have a reaction, I guess. I, I could see being so shocked from that, your body freaking you have out. A, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will say that when this letter came out, or her mother, her father, when, you know, when they saw this in court, they did not believe this for a second. They said Sophie would not hurt a fly. She's just a sweet type of girl. She would never hurt anyone, especially not do something as horrendous as this. And luckily, the police thought that as well. So they took the confession letter, but luckily, like every police should do, they didn't stop their investigation there. They actually kept going. So they continued to look into almost every angle that they could. So they interviewed family friends of Sabrina and Wasim. They also interviewed all the neighbors and, you know, other nannies at the school and stuff. And they and they were asking them for their opinions on Sophie just as a person. Who was she? How was she as a nanny? And they all gave the police the same information. She was great with the kids. She's a very sweet girl. She always showed up on time. There was nothing that made them think that she was doing anything but her job and a good job at her job. One of Sabrina's neighbors got to know Sophie really well. Her name is Arnie. And during an interview that she gave, she gave a little insight on what she thought may have actually been happening inside that house. Arnie said that Sophie was overworked, rarely given any days off, especially no holidays. So during Sophie's time there, from the time that she got there to the time that she was murdered, they she didn't even go home once. And how long was that? About a year and a half. She didn't even go home for Christmas. There was a Christmas in between. She didn't even go home for Christmas. Arnie also said that Sophie had to call her mom in secret after some time had passed. She Her phone was taken away, so she'd have to like sneak away in the house or something to go call her mom. There's another family friend that said that Sophie confessed to him that Sabrina had beat her for dropping a stick of butter from the fridge. He offered to get her housing elsewhere, you know, offered to help her move and whatnot. But sadly, things progressed too quickly at that point. So this was a couple weeks right before she was murdered. And by the time he had reached out again, she was gone. So Sabrina was then caught in another lie because there is no one backing her story about her being lazy, about her being bad at her job. And another lie that she told was that she said that she had set up Sophie's payment to go to a direct deposit account in London. She never did that. So in all actuality, Sophie never even got paid for her job the entire time she was there. Oh, wow. The police continued their investigation into Sabrina's allegations about the pedophilia and her ex-husband's involvement. So, a little background on the ex-husband, Mark Walton. Mark was the founder of Boyzone. That sounds horrible. (laughs) 
Oh, shit. Stop. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. Oh, my God. It's a boy band. Oh, my God. He's actually a really well-known music producer. He's produced songs for Lady Gaga and the queen herself, J-Lo. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. J-Lo. So the police didn't think that it was very likely that a person of his stature would be interested in a French nanny from a small town. They just thought that matchup would be weird. So Mark was interviewed and completely denied a relationship. During a TV interview, Mark said, I never met Sophie, not a text, nothing through social media. He even volunteered his passport to the police immediately when they called him. He was in L.A. when the London police called him so they can clear his name and confirm that he wasn't even in the country on the dates that they were thinking he might have been there. He hadn't stepped foot in London in over a year. So Mark told investigators that although he was appalled, of course, by the accusations, he was not too surprised because Sabrina was a crazy bitch. Not his words, mine, but hence, essentially what he said. the divorce. He tells them about their history. They met at a bank. It was love at first sight. Kind of a whirlwind. Mark says that soon he found out that Sabrina was emotionally unstable. He That she had bouts of paranoia, hysteria, and around the two-year mark, that's when he finally broke it off with her. According to Mark, the breakup, Plus, him breaking her off financially was a tipping point for Sabrina. This is where she truly started showing her crazy, and she swore revenge against Mark. She also accused him of sexually abusing a cat. Oh my god. Using black magic, and hiring a helicopter to spy on her. Yeah, because helicopters are really quiet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Incognito, no. Don't worry, it's on mute. It's fine. <laughs> so the investigation led them to an in, to interview neighbors again, and this is when they discovered that no one had seen Sophie for up to two months leading to her death. No one recalled her picking up the kids from school, picking up groceries, etc. Then the police confiscated Sabrina and Wasim's phones. On Wasim's phone, they found pictures of Sabrina that were taken Days before her death. I'm going to show you guys the picture. This is a picture of Sophie sitting down in the living room or something. It's really an awful picture. She is nothing but skin and bones. They starved her. Yep. They did. She's like a person at a concentration camp. She does. She, She really is skinny malnourished just mm-hmm. <sighs> sad picture yeah yeah it's a very sad picture why you would take that picture too just blows my mind why why would you sit there and like are you proud of what you're doing to someone and making them sick right. like this like, is this a trophy of yours that's crazy yeah it's so weird on those phones they also discovered videos on both of their phones. These videos were of investigations that they were carrying on with Sophie that would last for hours at a time. All of these videos were from within six weeks of her death. 
So those all those weeks that no one saw her, she no was one's... being investigated by them. By them, yeah, she was being AKA starved to death and yeah, beaten. In these videos, they did almost anything to make her confess to lies. So here's a small transcripted section from one of those videos. It says. You made a huge mistake, Sophie. You delivered a four-year-old child into the hands of a pedophile. Mark paid you, Sophie. I have evidence. You cannot go home without telling us everything. I don't remember having gone to someone's house with the little one, she said. So that's just a small part. I have the full transcript, too. But the gist of it is that they keep yelling at her, just berating her, trying to get her to confess on these videos of these lies that they're making up. And it was because of this new evidence that the police now did not believe that Wasim had acted alone or in a moment of anger. The police brought in the oldest of Sabrina's kids, a nine-year-old. He recollected that on the night of either September 18th or 19th, the fire was on the 20th, He remembers waking up really late at night to the sounds of his mom and Basim yelling coming from the bathroom. He got up. He went to go see what was happening. As he got closer, he also heard Sophie's voice and she sounded like she was yelling, crying too. And as he got even closer, he saw water coming from underneath the bathroom door. It is with the nine-year-old witness account that the police finally put together their final theory on what they think happened between the nights of September 18th and 19th, the two days or two nights leading up to the fire. They believe that after one of these recording sessions, they took Sophie up to the bathroom and they submerged her head underwater until she would confess. So torture, torture from the sounds of it. They think that they were, you know, she was at her breaking point. They just, she would say anything at this point to make them stop. So she might have just blurted out what they wanted to hear. Because mm-hmm. remember, when they did the autopsy, they, you know, they found all those fractures too. So we know she was being tortured. The actual reason of her death is not known. So we don't know if it's because of blunt trauma or drowning that evidence was destroyed because of the fire. With the breaks, did they see any, like, healing? Because that would see if the... That I don't know. If it was... How long? a long time, or if they got her to confess, confess and just beat her to death. I don't know. It just... It said what fractures were there. It didn't say what stage of healing they were in, or... I don't know if they could have been able to tell because of the fire. I mean, she was at least burning for four hours. So a lot of that evidence is going to be gone. And it sounds like if they're submerging her head, maybe her body's on the tub. Yeah. Oh, with the sternum. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe that is from that. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it doesn't say, you know, what stage each, each injury was at. So I don't know. By the picture alone, that doesn't happen overnight. We know that at the very least they were starving her. Yeah. So it's not beating, but it's still a torture. So Yeah, and that can make her bones brittle too, not getting oh, enough that nutrients. Too. Mm-hmm. 
According to the police, after she was dead, they first had the idea to put her body in a suitcase and dispose of the body that way. That way, the suitcase that she traveled to their house with, along with Sophie, would both be gone from their house. And that would match up with their story of she just left. She resigned and she left. While they were thinking of what to do, they put her body under one of the kids' beds. What? Yeah. And then they had sex on that bed. Oh Oh my my god. It's terrible. To mark the occasion. Then they went about their lives for two full days. Their surveillance video of Sabrina going out grocery shopping and was seen dropping the kids at school. Normal day. Their lives are going on. And on the 20th of September, that is when they decided to burn Sophie's remains. They did it out on their porch right by their sliding doors. So you can see there's burn and char and just um, warping on the plastic on the doors where the fire was rising. I asked myself this. Why didn't she just leave? Right? She had no money. She hadn't been paid for a year and a half. Yeah. That's one of the reasons. Uh, Another reason that she couldn't just up and leave was because Sabrina had taken her phone, her passport, and without a passport, she couldn't move anywhere as far as, you know, leaving from London altogether. So during these last, those last six weeks of Sophie's life, Sophie's mom only had contact with Sabrina When she called the house to speak with Sophie, Sabrina always told her that Sophie was busy with the children and that everything was fine and that she loved Sophie as one of her own children. On March 2018, uh, the trials began for Wasim and and Kudir, and the prosecutors were asking for life in prison for both. Wasim held on to his accident story up until that point, but then switched it to a plea of not guilty and completely turned things around to blame Sabrina. The verdict was made in June of 2018 of both guilty and they both got a minimum of 35 years. They both have appealed. That is still pending. Um, And one theory on why they were doing these videos and how it led up to her death Once they got what they needed from her to blackmail Mark by these fake confessional videos, Mm. they thought, or they realized, well, shit, now we can't just let her go. They were really going after Mark for his money. Right. So they were using uh, Sophie to make these blackmailing videos with, you know, the pedophilia and just the affair and all these things. Obviously, mostly the pedophilia because that would be the biggest blackmail ever. Mm-hmm. To tell someone, I have a video of someone saying that you did this to a child. And being a person that's wealthy, that's in the entertainment industry, that would kill their career. Mm-hmm. So, once they realized that they couldn't just let her go after making these confessional videos that's when they probably decided to kill her does london have the death penalty i don't know 
That would be interesting to find out. I could look that up. Because they deserve that. Yeah. So here's a picture of Wasim, the day taking the kids to school the next day. Or one of the kids, at least. This is the four-year-old in his arms. And this is Sabrina at the grocery store checking out. This is Sabrina's booking photo. She looks crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. she looks... This is Wasim's booking photo. Her glasses. Have they had au pairs before, or is... I think that was her first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, definitely. Oh, the that's chicken? the chicken. Mm-hmm. They thought that was going to cover up burning a body. Like, there was on their porch. four hours of burning. Yeah. You don't cook chicken for four hours. No. Uh, bathtub. So it's the kids' bathtub that just happened in. And this is actually a screenshot of a text that happened on September 15th, so five days prior to the fire, that a friend of Sabrina's texted her asking her this. I'll read it to you. It says, Hey, Sabrina, how are you? Does your au pair have any friends that would like to come and work for us? I'm all out of options and would rather have one person that I can develop into that role. They would get travel opportunities and great benefits. Sabrina answers, Hi, hun. I'm afraid no. I don't have a nanny anymore. She's back to France, honey. Give you advice. Please, please, please don't let your little ones with any stranger. Please, everything can wait. Take care. Lots of love. Hmm. And then the other person says, Hey, honey. Sounds like it didn't end well then. I wanted someone to cook, clean, tidy, walk the dog, feed the animals, etc. I wasn't going to leave the kids with anyone, only in my presence. So even five days before the fire, I guess even before she had passed away, yeah, she was already saying she's not um, there. She was like, like she was planting that story. Yeah, that there's no no longer a nanny at our house. So yeah, that's the story of Sophie Lyonne, the au pair from friends. Poor girl. Yeah. She looks so sweet, too. She did. Yeah. I almost thought it was that story of the au pair that went to New York. I don't know if you've heard that story. Yes. I, I've heard that I one, too. I initially thought it was that one or going to be something close to uh-huh. it, but no. Dude, there's a lot of stories of au pairs going missing, yeah. getting killed. Yeah. That's the one of the... <laughs> <laughs> well, in the New York one... But it one, sounds like a cush job, though. It does. But the one in New York, I mean, that was a oh, shady agency That one anyway. was a crazy one. But that one's the same... Not the same thing, but au pair, but this one... Yeah, but you she know. was working for a shady agency. Like, that's well known. Like, yes, that's right. She had fake right. IDs and everything. That's right. So that, I mean. And she went out partying one night, right? And she yeah. had a police boyfriend? Um, ex-boyfriend, but Ex-boyfriend. Yeah. She had dated a police officer. Not saying don't be an old pair, but. Don't be an old pair. Don't be an old pair. <laughs> don't go with a shady agency. Yeah. I mean, this one did through a legit agency. True. She just got True. matched up with a crazy ass bitch. So it's like they need to do background checks on both sides. No shit. I mean. Also, if you're a family, you don't see your family member for a year and a half. You guys, this is an ongoing theme. I've said in the last, like, three, four episodes, check on your people. Yes. Especially right now, too. Especially right now. 
we don't want coworkers missing when we come back to work. We mm-hmm. don't, I mean, but if, especially if it's family members and they're abroad or whatever, if they're down the street, check on them every once in a while because it's a crazy world we live in. I mean, this is just a vengeful, crazy lady that had, and I mean crazy in the sense that, uh, you know, I'm not she making fun someone. of mental illness or anything, but just the, like, this is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. How could you do that for to someone? And it's not a heat of the moment type of thing. Like, yeah. you had thought this out. No, for months. She's legit. For yeah. months. Insane. Both and of them. Just to get back at somebody else. Right. So and he took a life to get back at somebody. And seemingly also for money. Yeah. Because she might have been accustomed to this whatever lifestyle. Like, girl, No. For for two years, she knew him for two years, though. Yeah. Like, that's evil. <sighs> I mean, obviously evil. Right. But. I mean, I mean, I'm sure they probably have child support in London, too, but, I mean... For real! So, I don't know if she was just not getting alimony anymore. Is well, that I, how he met? I like, don't think they do when they get married. When they get remarried. Oh, that's oh, right. true. Yeah, well, she fucked up that, so... Also, don't kill somebody. Cause in general, but unbelievable that it's not a heat of the moment type thing. Mm-hmm. This is thought out, drawn out, tortured for weeks, months. Poor girl. Can't imagine. No. Feels so bad for her family. Oh, the way she looks, she must have been starved for six months. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for coming in and being our guest host today. I really, really, really appreciate it. Of course. All right, guys. So if you have any stories that you would love to share with us, you can do so by emailing us at astrangerdangerpodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our Facebook, Stranger Danger, colon, a true crime podcast. And join the Facebook group, Stranger Danger colon murder lovers twitter at sd true crime pod and instagram a stranger danger podcast oh my god i did all yeah. the most good job right. bye guys till next time no more than one okay bye <laughs>